Good morning to you uh, at uh, Three Counties Church, uh, all the way from the Highlands of Scotland, and my hope is this is the last time that we'll have to do this this way, but at the moment of speaking, the borders are still closed between Scotland and England, and travel is still not permitted to us. So here I am by the wonders of technology, and uh, I've been asked to speak to you this morning as part of your series uh, of The Practice of Jesus on fasting as prayer, fasting as prayer. So if you've got your Bibles ready, we'll be looking at three little passages in Scripture, two in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, uh, and tackling that topic of fasting as prayer. I think I want to start off uh, with with five quick points, really. Doesn't your heart sink when a preacher says that? But really five quick points uh, by way of introduction when it comes to fasting. I know you've already looked at fasting, uh, fasting and standing with the poor and so on. But I just want to quickly remind you that fasting is thoroughly and utterly biblical that's my first point it's not just some charismatic thing that you know we engage with every now and then it's woven all the way through scripture so we see for example Esther uh, fasting we see Anna fasting uh, Cornelius uh, we see Paul the apostle fasting Daniel again back in the old testament Ezra David uh, the king fasting Moses fasting and and we see, of course, our supreme example in all things. We see Jesus himself choosing to engage in a fast, a Holy Spirit-led, in fact, a Holy Spirit-driven. Ekbalio is the word that's used in the New Testament. Jesus is driven into the wilderness, embarking on a 40-day, perhaps a literal 40-day, although 40 days is used in the Bible, Old and New Testament, to mean a generically long time, but on a fast during which he engages with and defeats Satan. So it's thoroughly and utterly uh, biblical, Old and New Testament. And secondly, I just want to remind us, I suppose, that fasting as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of his, fasting is expected of us. Jesus himself said it in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, where he uses the phrase, when you fast, not if you fast. And he's speaking, of course, to his disciples, to his followers. And his words were true then, and his words are true now. And the reason is because, of course, fasting is one of the closest things that I know to a spiritual shortcut. There's no such thing as a spiritual shortcut. But fasting shows us who's in control of our bodies and our drivers and our desires. That's one of the things it does. It's not about twisting the arm of God, but it's obedience to Jesus, uh, amongst other things that we'll talk about this morning when you fast not if you fast the pharisees had taken the command of the old testament where there is only one day per year commanded to fast the day of atonement and had expanded it into twice a week on tuesdays and thursdays uh, laying a heavy burden on the jews but fasting was never meant to be burdensome at all but it is expected of us the third thing I want to say by way of introduction uh, is fasting and prayer, my topic for this morning, in Scripture, Old and New Testament, always go together. It's a little phrase, those words in the Hebrew or in the Greek, often connected together. You don't see them separated apart. Fasting and prayer go hand in hand like horse and cart. <laughs> they go together. They belong together. They form part of a spiritually dynamic union together. So it's worth remembering that when we're thinking about fasting as prayer. 
the fourth thing I want to say is this. Another reason why we fast is that fasting creates time, potentially, for us. Because whatever it is that we're fasting, if we are fasting it, suddenly a little gap emerges, a little cat flap of opportunity, a little window of opportunity emerges in our day-to-day lives, which are so often so cramped, even in lockdown, so cramped with stuff that pushes out other and usually more important things, perhaps. So fasting does create time when we would have been eating, for example, we could be praying. We could be reflecting on Jesus. And the last thing I want to say, the fifth thing I want to say by way of introduction, is I really do want to urge us to be creative in our approach to fasting. You probably touched on this already, but there are there are times and there are people who cannot, for example, fast food. Uh, if you're pregnant, that's not really usually a great idea. If you have got or have had an eating disorder, it's probably not a great idea to engage in fasting food. If you're involved in heavy, strenuous activity, you may not be able to fast food. But the fifth thing I want to say is let's be creative about what it is that we fast from not just creative but talk to god talk to the holy spirit about what it is that he'd love to to join your fast with uh, it might be food uh, the bible talks about fasting food it talks about uh, between married couples and only by agreement for a short period of time fasting sex uh, but that we could fast uh, tv or we could fast chocolate or we could fast coffee or we could fast social media or we could fast constantly being glued to our phone which for many of us becomes literally addictive but let's be creative in our call to fasting let me take us now uh, to to three passages in scripture uh, and we'll, we'll do it kind of chronologically in the way they're set out in the canon of scripture so if you have your bibles to hand i'd like us to start uh, in leviticus uh, we're going to look at Levit- Levit- Leviticus chapter 23, and I want to read uh, a few verses to you from there. Follow with me uh, to make my first connection between fasting as prayer this morning. So Leviticus 23 and verse 26 following. Follow it with me. The Lord said to Moses, the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement yom kippur hold a sacred assembly and deny yourselves that's fasting and present an offering made to the lord by fire do no work on that day because it is the day of atonement when atonement is made for you it's often helpful to think of atonement theologically as be at one being made at one with god When atonement is made for you before the Lord your God. Anyone who does not deny himself on that day, that's fasting, must be cut off from his people. I will destroy from among his people anyone who does any work on that day. You shall do no work at all. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Not just for there and then, but for here and now too. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath wonderful word it is a sabbath of rest for you and you must deny yourselves from the evening of the ninth day of the month 6 p.m when the jew reckons uh, the day runs from 
until the following evening, the next 6pm, you are to observe your Sabbath in Jewish thinking. The Sabbath, of course, was the Saturday. So what we see here is a direct link between fasting and the manifest presence of God. In that day, at that time, this was the one day of the year when the priest dressed in all of his regalia with his ephod and, all, and, the, and the 12 precious and semi-precious stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. When the priest went into the Holy of Holies, behind the veil, into the very presence of God himself, symbolically carrying on his shoulders like a weight carrying into the presence of God the people of God with him and making them at one with God the day of Yom Kippur the day of atonement he would have actually interestingly a rope tied to his ankle because the Jews knew that if you because of your shame it wasn't what God wanted he wants us to be able to look him face to face but because of our shame if if left unresolved you see the face of God and die and so they tied a rope to the ankle of the high priest so that they could drag him out if he should die whilst he was in the presence of God but fasting here linked to the priestly presence of God and here we are now in the new covenant in the age of the church and of the Holy Spirit here we are all of us as priests the priesthood of all believers the curtain ripped into access to the presence of God available to all of us but the other key here that we see in terms of fasting and dedicating ourselves to God is the key of rest and reflection of rest and reflection and it's possible that covid and lockdown and a global pandemic have given you more time for rest and less work for some of us actually it's just increased pressure and work if we had to do it differently but god's call to all of us at this time and at all times is to make sure that our fasting as prayer is about practicing the presence of God but also resting and reflecting on his presence stopping as the as the psalmist says in the old testament be still quoting God be still and know that I am God which literally in the Hebrew means to fall back into the arms of to just to stop hey enough be still and know that I am God. I want us to turn now, if we would please, to the second passage in the Old Testament, a little bit later on in the Old Testament, to 1 Samuel, thinking about fasting as prayer, the presence of God, rest and reflection on God, crying out to God. 1 Samuel chapter 7 uh, is the next little reading that I want us to look at uh, on our theme this morning. 1 Samuel 7. We can start uh, the top of the chapter uh, in verse 1 there. So 1 Samuel 7, starting at verse 1. So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the Ark of the Lord. This is the Ark of the Covenant, which has got stored, of course, the, the tablets of the, the Ten Commandments and the Rod of Aaron and so on. <clears throat> they took it to Abinab's house on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, 
to guard the Ark of the Lord. It was a long time, twenty years in all, that the Ark remained at kiriath Jerim, And all the people of Israel mourned and sought after the Lord. And Samuel said to the whole house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths, idols of, of worship and so on, uh, often with sexual connotations, very unclean. And commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines, their then enemies. So the Israelites put away their Baals and Ashtoreths and served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. Prayer, prayer, prayer. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted. And there they confessed, fasting and prayer. We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel was leader of Israel at Mizpah. And there we see a very direct connection with fasting and calling out to God. Not just about the priestly presence of God. Not just about rest and reflection. But now fasting directly as prayer linked to confession. And not just of course to confession. Not just about talking the talk. <laughs> but walking the walk. It's easy to say the right stuff. It's harder to mean it and to live it. Which is why Samuel, of course, says, if with all your heart, if your hearts are in this, not just your mouths are in this, you want to turn back to God, then this is what you need to do. And this is what they did. So fasting as prayer, which leads us to confession. It's interesting that they do this together it's not privatized confession it's interesting that in the new testament the call to the kingdom of god through repentance which is john the baptist and jesus preaching is a call to confession publicly as they're baptized by john the baptist it says they confessed their sins and the word used in the greek is ex homologio not the usual word homologio but rather ex homologio to tell it out, to speak it out, to make no bones about it, to make no secret about it. So confession, but not just confession, fasting as prayer of confession and of repentance. And that's what these guys do here. And that's what we can do as we fast from this morning's message, as we seek the priestly presence of God, as we rest and reflect, we also confess and we repent. Now the word in the New Testament for repentance most commonly is metanoia, which means to think from a different place. It's the renewing of our minds to think differently about who God is and how he is to us, about who we are and how we are to him, and who we are and how we are to others. To think from a different place, to repent, to have a transformed and renewed mind. And that's the second little passage that I wanted us to look at this morning when it comes to prayer as fasting. There's one last passage that I'd like us to look at, which is in the New Testament. And this one we find in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, following on from the Gospels, of course. 
but not really the acts of the apostles they're the acts of jesus continued <laughs> just as we read about in the gospels these are the same acts of jesus but continued now through the apostles greater works than these shall you do said jesus as a promise uh, to his disciples by the time we hit acts 13 around about the middle of the book actually this book as you know written um, by Dr. Luke, so I can't say that word, Dr. Luke, uh, who is not one of the original 12, but is one of the disciples who follows Jesus, and he's writing it for his friend Theophilus, so that he understands larger the story of the giving of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church, and its spread missionally uh, across the nations. By the time we reach uh, chapter 13, which is what we're going to look at now, Acts chapter 13, we're into those missional sending journeys, the opportunities. We, we've seen Saul, the great persecutor of the early church, transformed to become now Paul, discipled perhaps for at least a three-year period involving Ananias and then Barnabas, whose name means the son of encouragement. Uh, and, and here we have Barnabas and Saul about to be sent off uh, from uh, Antioch. So just read with me those first few verses of Acts chapter 13. In the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. My goodness what a list, <laughs> comprehensive in character but also uh, in culture if you, if you look at their backgrounds. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And here we have this wonderful connection for them then and for us now between fasting and prayer, fasting as prayer. What is the connection here? This is not just about priestly presence and rest and relaxation this is not just about confession and repentance what we're seeing here now is what we can see here for us too which is fasting which leads to hearing hearing the voice of god prayer is not a one-way street where we speak to god make our confession to god and our requests and petitions to god but prayer is a dialogue i know that you know that and, and as at least as much of our prayer life should be about listening to the voice of god as well as listening to our voice speaking to god how much i wonder do we do that how much in our quiet times do we assail heaven and how much do we allow heaven to assail us so prayer here uh, and fa uh, uh, as part of fasting about hearing the word of god it is in the context of worship please note <laughs> uh, the way we live our lives romans 12 verse 1 and 2 the way we yield surrender to god that is our spiritual act of worship it's defined there it says that in romans 12 one and two and they're worshiping the lord they're yielding they're submitting they're surrendering their whole beings their whole bodies to god and in that context they are also fasting the two go together it's like uh, meat and drink it's like breathing air that's the air that we breathe and in that context the holy spirit said and it ain't just a general feeling is it i kind of oh i kind of i sense i feel 
This is the voice of God. And it's very clear and specific. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called. I wonder if we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit a little bit more clearly if we were fully yielded and fasting. <laughs> there is a connection here. There is a connection. It's, it's not an automatic thing. It's a relational thing. Making space for building relationships. And so, in the context of fasting and prayer here, they hear the voice of God. And the other thing to say, I suppose, about this passage is that the other connection here between fasting as prayer is that that not only leads to us hearing the voice of God, but it leads to us recognising anointing and releasing anointing. Not only recognising the desire of the Holy Spirit to descend upon and infill people, which is what he does in the New Testament, but also for him to anoint us and send us out missionally. So the connection between fasting as prayer, hearing the word of God, recognising the anointing and releasing the anointing in us and then through us. These things are directly connected in scripture to fasting as prayer. The priestly presence of God space to rest and reflect on who he is and how he is to us confession that leads to repentance we speak it out with our mouth because it follows what's in our heart and then fasting and prayer which helps us to hear the specific voice of God and to recognize and release the anointing of the Holy Spirit which is then, <laughs> so now, always, not only, but always, has a missional emphasis. Get on and get out there. Don't keep it to yourselves. So, Three Counties Church, beloved, beloved church, how I wish I could be with you, and soon I hope I will over the summer. This week, when you fast, not if you fast, howsoever, whatsoever you fast, when you fast this week why don't you pray for the manifest presence of God to come to you to meet with you and then why don't you rest stop a while tarry a while why don't you rest and reflect on that secondly when you fast this week why don't you then confess and repent your current sin not stuff you've repented and your current sins we all sin we're all broken we all need grace and forgiveness and thirdly as you fast this week why don't you listen why don't you ask holy spirit what will you say to me and where this week do you need the anointing of the holy spirit to rest upon you father son and holy spirit we love you i pray in the name of christ that you will spill your presence upon this church. You will equip and enable them. You will speak to them and encourage them. You will protect and provide for them. And you will, as with Jesus, drive them out in their prayer and their fasting to engage with the enemy and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of his dear Father. We ask these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful to be with you. God bless you all. Look forward to seeing you face to face, I hope, in summer.